0: Awesome, awesome. So good to see you all in the house this morning. You could have been anywhere else, but you decided to come here this morning. And I tell you what, it is not a mistake that you are sitting in that seat. That seat that you have graced is an anointed seat, it's a seat of expectation. That seat is expecting something amazing to happen with the person that's sitting in it. And we should resonate with that expectation. It's amazing. The house of God. The atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. That's, uh, that's from uh, Israel, Israel Hoden. The atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. So who needs a miracle in the house this morning? Good. At least six people need a miracle in the house. The rest of us will have faith for those six people. So what do we need for a miracle? We need an atmosphere of expectation. So who's expecting God to move this morning? Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you for this word that you've deposited. Father, I just pray that every person under the sound of my voice this morning would be good soil for the seed of your word to be sown into, that that word would take root and bear fruit 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, Father, in the kingdom of God. Lord, I just pray that each person here is set free again this morning into a new level of freedom, Father, in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, I'm super encouraged this morning, even at the prayer time this morning, and I told her I was going to steal this, so that's okay. Um, Charlotte Ruatoto brought a message this morning to our prayer group. I'm telling you, if you want encouragement in the morning, you want to see how the Holy Spirit moves in every single member of the body come to prayer time at 9.20 before the service, and it's, it's just amazing. So Charlotte brought this word. I hadn't spoken to her about what I was going to speak about. Ruth hadn't spoken to her about what Ruth was going to share just now, but I tell you what, the Holy Spirit's amazing, isn't it? Because what Charlotte shared was from Hosea 6, verse 6, and I'm going to read it to you. It's, and this is in the New King James. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings." And, uh, and, and I like the way the NLT puts it. It says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. So I just want to back up what Pastor Ruth said this morning and what Charlotte said this morning. It is not about where you are at and what you are struggling with and what and, and your self-value. See, God places a value in you higher than any value you could place on yourself. He has placed within you the value of His Son. And when He looks at you, He doesn't see you. He sees His Son in you. So it doesn't matter what you were up to last night. I don't know what you were up to last night, but the fact that you're here this morning, praise God, because God sees the Christ in you. And if you ever for a second feel that you have slipped up too much to step into the throne room of heaven, then I'm telling you only what the Bible has said itself that you can step boldly into the throne room of God because you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's the whole purpose of what he did. If you are thinking that what you have done is going to affect how much God loves you and how much God can work through you and how much God can use you and how valuable you are to God, then I'm telling you, you are not living according to what Christ did on that cross because he went to that cross so that you could be free from everything that you've done, so that you could be free from what the world has on, on, on you. So you could be free from the lies of the devil when he whispers in your ear on a Sunday morning, Who are you to turn up to church? I saw what you did last night. I saw I can see your thought life. I can see the way you treated this person and you treated that person. I saw what you took last night. Who do you think you are turning up to church? Well, I'm going to tell you who you are. You are a loved child of God, adopted into the kingdom of heaven, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, clothed in the blood of Christ. And that's how our heavenly Father sees you. Don't listen to that other fellow. I hope you're all walking around limping from bruised heels, from just going, nah, to the enemy. Amen? Every time he whispers in your ear, I'm telling you, I'm so excited because I haven't even started my message yet you Wind that clock back, please. Thank you. So we had some great messages this month. I was listening again to Pastor Howie's message uh, this morning, just in my ears on the way to church, and wow. I mean, we've, we've had some anointed speakers come into the house, haven't we? And this whole series of dream again has just been amazing. Pastor Wayne Huirua last week, wow. Amazing, amazing. So, so really, what more can I say? Well, more well, I can say, heaps more. so I'm going to. So what I want to speak to we, we heard about you know perseverance last week. We heard about how God works through those valleys. He works through those times, and, and, and Wayne said, "If you just take one thing away from today, it's, don't give up. Don't give up now. You look at people in the Bible, you look at characters in the Bible who have have received promises and received dreams from God. And time and time again, there's the time factor. They get the dream, they get the word, but they need the time. And we get impatient with the time. And we think that God's not hearing us or God's not faithful to his word. But I'm telling you, God is always faithful. God is always listening. And he's always working, whether you see it or not. And so we we have character built in us during that time of testing and that, that waiting. And, and we turn into the man God needs us to be to walk into that dream. Or the woman God needs us to be to walk into that dream. Like Wayne said, if we received everything God had promised us tomorrow, who would get the glory? Who would get the glory? So what I want to talk about is... How we hear from God because you might have been listening to these messages and thinking, well that's all very well for those of us that have received the dream, that have received the download and an input into our lives. But I don't think I, I I don't feel God has placed a dream in my life. So what does that make me? Am I less than? Because I'm I'm not feeling that dream, I'm not feeling that, that passion and that desire for something. And my word to you today is no. It does it it doesn't make you less than. And there is a dream and there is a calling for your life. And God has it for you. And you are not less than because you don't know what it is yet. Sometimes we just need to move and God will direct us. Amen. But in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it actually talks about a way to hear more clearly from our Father. Because sometimes we can muddy up our ears a little bit. Sometimes we can just not quite hear what He's trying to say to us. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says... What God's will is, then you will be able to test and approve what God will, what God's will is. In other words, then you will start to be able to discern or hear what God has for you, what He's trying to say to you. He is good, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's always going to be good. It's always going to be perfect. So we'll look at the scripture. He's saying, therefore, I urge you, this is the Apostle Paul, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies in a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. What does this mean? It means everything we give, we give to God. See, sometimes we can come to church and we can say, Lord, I really want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you, Lord. And we turn up on the Sunday and we'll get a word from God. Bang. And then we'll take that word and go, oh, yeah, that's amazing. But then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll just carry on living the same way we were living the last week when we needed that word from God. you know. And sometimes we need to change our habits. We need to change what we're doing. We need to walk in the promise that God has given us to see it come to realisation. We need to actually offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God because, you know, what it says in the Word is that the moment we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we actually die to ourselves. We no longer live for ourselves, but we live for Christ. We live for Him that died on the cross for us. So what's happening is if we do that, we receive Jesus. If you receive Jesus this morning and then tomorrow morning, just carry on living for self, and not living for Christ, and seeking His will, and seeking what He has for you, and saying, yes, Christ, use me. Give me direction. I'll move according to your will. If you're not with that attitude, then we can put ourselves back under, we can put ourselves back under the law. We can put ourselves back under the flesh. We can give ourselves still as slaves to flesh, and not to God. So we can actually put ourselves back in the place where we're not hearing from God, and it's not as clear to us. Now I'm not saying that you go back and you can no longer enjoy the freedom, because you are actually free. The way, the way that I liken it is you get a bear that's been in captivity for years, and it's been chained to a, to a peg in the ground, and it's only got about five foot of chain, and it will walk around in this circle around the chain for years since it was a cub. It's not free it's trapped by that chain, that chain, that peg, that's like sin in your life, that's, that's disconnection from God, that's selfish living, and then you come to the Lord, and the Lord comes and he strikes that chain, and you are now free from the chain, but the bear is still living in that habit, and he still walks around that circle, and he doesn't walk outside that radius, because he's so used to it, His body is so used to living a certain way and being chained to that pig. Now, he's not chained to that pig anymore. And the Lord's standing outside, and he's going, come on, you are not chained to this. You are free. Just step, just step, just come follow me. You can step outside of this, but it's unfamiliar, but it's scary. And the bear's like, no, this is familiar. So I'm just going to walk around the circle, and nothing for the bear changes. The chain is gone. He's free, but nothing changes. That's what it's like when we, we continue to live from the flesh and not from the spirit. Because you're born again when Christ comes into your life. And that means that there's a rebirth in your spirit. You are a new creation. Pastor Howie spoke on this a couple of weeks ago, that we live from the spirit man. And the more we live from that, the quieter the flesh is in our lives. The things of this world grow strangely dim as we fix our eyes on Jesus, and it becomes easier. And I see you walk away from that circle and walk away from that habit and step out of that life and walk into the newness and the promise, even before you see it in your own life. You might be struggling with addiction, but I tell you right now that Jesus has freed you from that addiction. Now now tomorrow you could feel the addiction come and you don't see the freedom in your life. But if you would step out in faith and understand that you are free from this and start walking by your spirit and allow your spirit to dictate to your soul and your body what is the truth, which is the truth from the Spirit of God, then you will start walking each day in freedom. And before you know it, you'll look back and go, what addiction? There's freedom in Christ. Amen? So how do I hear God's will for my life? I recognize that my life is not my own. I recognize that my life is now hidden in Christ. Amen? Then we start hearing from the Spirit more. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we do that, as we walk from the Spirit, from the new truth of our lives, our mind is renewed. And we are empowered to stop walking in that same pattern of the life that you were in. Someone once said the definition of stupidity is trying to do the same thing over and over again and achieve a different result. Well, God has given us a new way. If we walk in it, we can achieve a different result. If we carry on with the same patterns we were in, we're not going to achieve a different result. Amen. Thank you, Howie. Praise God. <laughs> also I just want to I, I just want to take another word when I was talking on um on setting a new pattern or not conforming to the pattern of this world it sparked up another scripture in my mind from 1 Timothy and this is when the so so Timothy is uh, the disciple of the apostle Paul he's a young fellow he's in his 30s the word says He's around, around in his 30s, so I'm still young, praise God, because I'm in my 30s. Hallelujah. So this is a word for me and anybody else that is young, because we've had lots of words for the older ones over the last few weeks, I've noticed, dreaming again and all this sort of stuff. But what about the young ones? What's there for us? Well, I'm going to read from 1 Timothy 4, 12 to 16, and it says, Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Be an example. We might be young. We might be young in the Lord. But don't let anybody despise that. Don't let anybody hold that over you. But instead, set an example. Now, to set an example... We need to stand in a counter pattern to what's the status quo. So, so if, if everybody around us is doing something, and that's the norm, and that's the normal, well, we're not going to set an example just by being a sheep and conforming to that pattern. We're going to set an example by standing in the truth of God and forging a different path and shining the light and being the, the city set on a hill and being that difference and being that influence to those around us. And it says there, be an example to the believers. This isn't just about people in the world. It's not just about being a light to people in the world, but young people are our leaders. The youth, the, John and Linda have such an important job that they're doing leading our youth ministry. Keep them in prayer because they are raising young rangatira to lead the body of believers. And those of us that are older than the youth, we must allow ourselves to be led when they are walking and setting an example. And we need to encourage them. Yeah? It says, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So there's something we can do to set that example. And, to, and, and this is talking about, this is again, setting God first. Setting God first. So it's a bit of a teaching rather than a preaching today. But setting God first. So so not only did the Apostle Paul just say, set an example, go do it. He said, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Uh, Till I come, give attention to reading, get in the Word, exhortation, lift your brothers and sisters up, encourage, uplift, be edifying in everything that you do, um, and to doctrine. Take on teaching. Get yourself a mentor talk to talk to those that have walked the Christian walk for some time take from them the things that you see as uh, your spirit resonates with and learn and grow Always make growth in Christ your number 1 priority. Everything else will flow. And Matthew it says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things I will add to you." All these things will be added to you. All those things you're worrying about, your 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 money, your your um your clothes, your clothes, your car, your house, everything like that, that that is secondary to first seeking the kingdom of God. Because he is our provider, and that's what we understand when we walk by the spirit. Amen. Do not neglect, in verse 14 it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands from the eldership. Have you had a word spoken over you? Have you, have you had a, a word of prophecy spoken over you? Has someone said something to you? Young people, specifically I'm talking to you. Has someone said, I see you leading this, or I see you moving in this area? Have many people said the same thing to you? Well, don't shun it. Don't neglect it. Start walking out in that truth. Amen. Believe it. We heard a couple of weeks ago, someone said, if the dream is too big for you, then it's got to be from God. Don't be intimidated by the, by the size of your dream. Don't be intimidated by the magnitude of your calling, because it's got to be so big, you can't see yourself doing it by yourself. It's got to be so big that God needs to put his hand in there, needs to anoint it by his spirit and see you make an impact for the kingdom. We're co-laborers with Christ. If you can do it by yourself, then it's probably not from God. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Living sacrifice, give yourself entirely to them. Don't just partly. Don't just sort of. Don't just turn up on a Sunday and do your welcome at the door and that's it. Do your welcome at the door wholeheartedly. Like you're greeting angels every time they walk in here, because that person that walks in that door, they might be hurting, they might have gone through some real big battle just to walk through that door. And if their first greeting is, oh, come on, they've, they've just these guys have been to war this morning. They've been fighting toe-to-toe with the devil this morning. And the Lord has brought them through the door. And He's brought them into a body of believers. He's brought them into a family that can gather around them. That's the whole vision of what the church is. We're going to gather around these people that are hurting, these people that need change in their lives. So when you've got that job on the welcome door or in the car park, it's, hey, welcome home. Welcome home. And then on Monday, you're thinking about, Anything else you can do for the Lord? Lord, lead me today. Where am I going today? Who can I speak to today? Who can I smile to today? How can I shed light today? When I go to the supermarket and the cashier is a bit slow and there's a massive line. When I get to them, am I gonna say, Am I gonna be all grumpy? Like, oh come on, you're wasting my time, or am I gonna rock up and say, Hey, you're doing an awesome job, man? You're doing an awesome job. What time do you get off? Oh, that's cool. Not long to go, brother. Can you, can you take that positivity? Can you take the spirit of the Lord with you and change atmospheres wherever you go and set an example and change the pattern and lead the body of believers? Because there could be a Christian in the line behind you and they've been walking with the Lord for a long time and they're starting to get a little bit dull and they're starting to, the light's starting to dim. It's starting to go under a basket and they see this young rangatira in front of them being the light, yes. changing lives changing atmospheres and all of a sudden you've, you've ripped the basket off their light and you've relit their fire and the body of believers is all working as it should as one. Amen? Whew. Going a little bit off track but praise God. Hey. <laughs> Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. We will get through the scripture. Praise God. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. God is never just about you. He's never just about changing your life. Yes, He wants to do that, but in changing your life, He wants to impact a community. He wants to impact a nation. And that's why we're so passionate about dream again, because you're carrying a dream that will impact your family, your nation, your community. You are carrying something that God has placed in you that this world needs. And if we as a body of believers can get around you and walk with you and see that dream come to fruition then we can see real change happen here in Northland i believe this i believe i don't just get up here on a sunday and preach ideals i get up on a sunday and i preach the vision of god he sees northland changed he sees northland one for christ he sees drug addiction gone he sees families brought back together he sees fathers in the home he sees children raised in healthy environments he sees depression anxiety and youth gone he sees suicide rates abolished he sees freedom for his children and he's going to do that through the vehicle of the body of Christ and you are part of that body And we, as the rest of the body, cannot operate without your part. Your part needs to be input in there. We all work together, many parts of the body. Amen? Mm. So we can get a bit caught up. Once we get on this track and we go, right, I've got my calling. Here I go. I'm off. And this is where some of us can go wrong as well. Right? So we receive a word from the Lord and we go, cool, I'm off. I'm going to do it. And then we, d- we don't engage in conversation with the Lord daily, moving forward. We just go, no, I got my word from the Lord. Three years ago, He told me, I'm going to go and do this. Well, have you spoke to Him since? Have you spoken to Him since? Or is it you doing the mahi? Is it you doing the work on your own, without guidance of the Holy Spirit, without input from the Lord? Because He directs the shim. He directs the shim. The Lord establishes the work of our hands. In Psalm 1917, it says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So He'll put a desire in your heart. He'll give you the gifts to carry it out. He'll give you the word to be a light to your path and a lamp to your feet. His goodness and mercy will chase you down every single day that you walk on that path. His angel will go before you like it did for, for Moses and prepare the way into the promised land. His angel will go before you and his, he, his spirit will establish the work of your hands. Don't forget it. He does this so he gets the glory. He does this so he can do a whole lot more through you than you could do by yourself. And there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in that because suddenly the pressure's off. All we have to do, all we have to do is take what God has given us and hold on to it. Just like Pastor Howie said two weeks ago, that's all we have to do. Take what God has told us and hold on to it. I'm going to expand a little bit on what Howie was talking about there. Don't let the enemy, he was talking about dream snatchers. Don't let the enemy come and take the word away from you. Don't let it happen. Then don't, get, don't get all wound up with it and go, woo, I'm off, and then don't talk to the Lord. Take the word, meditate on it, hold on to it, include the Lord in your mahi, and He will establish the work of your hands. Amen? I'm going to talk to you a little bit out of Mark 4, and this is the parable of the sower. And this, this illustrates the kingdom of God and, and a little bit about what I'm talking about. So in verse four, it says, and again, he began to teach by the sea. This is Jesus. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. He see, he used to teach by parables, which is just like a story that people can relate to. Right. And back then, there were a lot of farmers. That was like one of the predominant vocations or jobs. So he would teach them in a language they understood. So this is what what he said to them. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, sowing seed. And it happened as he sowed that some of the seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. God is a God of multiplication. So the disciples were a bit confused by this and said, oh, what did you mean about all that farming stuff? Are we going to get into farming now? And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? This is in verse 13. How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The seed that he's talking about is the Word of God. It's what you're sitting under right now. I'm actually up here throwing seed at you. Throwing seed at you, hoping that it's going to land on good soil. So the sower preaches the Word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. So what that sounds like is, I might have a word for you. So, Brie, I might say, I see you singing to the nations. I see you drawing people into the kingdom of God and leading them in heavenly worship that resonates with the angels of heaven right now. And I see you you breaking chains through your worship. I see the Lord moving through you in an amazing way. And then Brie might get all excited and then walk away from that, and the devil might immediately say, that's, that's a load of rubbish. I mean, did you even sing in tune on Sunday? How are you going to lead people if you're not singing in tune, Brie? You're way too busy. You're way too busy to lead worship. Don't you know you've got three kids? Two of them are twins. I mean, can you even handle the extra? It's going to be a lot of work, this worshiping and leading people into work. How are you going to do that, Brie? And you see what the enemy does. He, he brings the focus off the Lord doing this amazing thing through you and puts it on. Oh, I've got to do this amazing thing. It's got to be me that does it. He takes your eyes off the fact that the Lord is going to establish the work of your hands. He takes your eyes off the fact that it's not by your power or your strength, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. He takes your eyes off the fact that you have a living God abiding inside you, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It takes your eyes off the fact that Jesus said, you will do greater things than than I ever did with the help of the Spirit. It takes your eyes off the fact that you are a son of the living God most high. And he has, he has a job for you to do. And he's going to do it through you. Oh, man, I'm running out of time. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's a... <laughs> Satan comes immediately, takes a word away that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones and, um, that were sown on stony ground. Who when they hear, hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So, this is talking about the seed that's cast on stony ground where there's not much soil. Those are the people that receive it. They come on a Sunday and they go, Whoa, yes, I needed this. Oh, I needed that worship. Oh, I needed that word. Yes, I got the word. And they go out on Monday. And they don't really meditate it. They don't spend time talking to the Lord. They don't look up the scriptures during their week. They don't go to a life group. They don't get grounded. They don't get themselves around others and seek what the Lord is saying and meditate on. They just go, yeah, the Lord gave me a word. I'm ready for my week. And they go out into the week and they get hit by, oh, I lost my job. Oh, my car broke down. Oh, oh. Oh, And they forget about the word. And the sun sun scorches this plant and it never even has a chance to grow because the roots haven't grown deep. The foundation's not set in Christ. Yeah. Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. These are the ones that hear a word and go, oh, yeah. But they're not really putting God first. They're seeking, Now I need to look after my family first. And if I've got enough to do that, then, you know, I've got to get this job, and I've got, to, uh, I've got to work these days, so I couldn't make it to that life group, and I can't make it to Sunday, and it's not a priority. The Lord is not first. They don't give their first fruits to the Lord, and instead are distracted by all the things of the world, which that, that's what the enemy wants to do. Again, it's self-focus. He wants to turn it on you and go, but what are you doing? But how are you going to survive? Yeah, all this God stuff, that, that's great, but, you know, does it pay the bills? You could do this. You could do that. You could you could earn all the... If you just moved over here, you'd get this better job and and it would be amazing. Oh, sure, you could find a church there, but just get the job. Sort that out first. You can find it. You could always get connected. And the priority is not on the growth. The priority is not on the relationship with Christ. They're not seeking first the kingdom of God and they are choked and strangled by the things of the world. But these are the ones. These are the ones. So in... These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60 fold, some 100 fold. In this world, a good return on investment is 10%. This is talking about some 30 hundred percent, some 60 hundred percent, and some 100 hundred percent. You cannot outgive God. He is the God of multiplication. If you would sow seed in the kingdom, you would reap a harvest that is eternal, not just temporary, not just for you, but to change the lives and hearts of your community around you. Amen. Amen. I've I've, I've got a word. The Lord put a word in my heart for someone this morning. And we're two minutes over. Does anybody mind if I just share this word that the Lord put on my heart last night for somebody? Someone's been lost. I don't know if you're familiar, all of you are familiar with the story of the Israelites. And they get, they get taken into captivity in Babylon. They get taken out of their nation and they're They're living in captivity. And there comes a time where they're freed. And it's almost unexpected. And they've lived so long in captivity, they've become used to it. And in Psalm 126, this is a psalm written at one of those times when the the people of God are freed from captivity. And this is a word for somebody here. You've been trapped. You have not been living the life God had for you. You might have been there once before living that life, but you've been trapped somewhere. It's been hard. This is a word for you, Psalm 126. I don't know who you are out there listening to this, but take this. Make sure your heart is good soil. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. It was so amazing. They were just like, is this a dream? How are we free suddenly? I didn't see myself being freed from this for years. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Someone in this house this morning, I want to see you. Burst into laughter from the Holy Spirit as He frees you this morning. I'm going to ask you to come up later. If this word resonates with you, I want to pray with you. I want to believe this word for you. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. You see, your life is a testimony. Your life is going to change hearts and minds. Your life is going to break ground for the kingdom. Your life is going to plunder hell and populate heaven. People are going to look at you and say, the Lord is good. Look at them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. I don't know, but some of you are crying at the moment. Right now you're thinking, this word is hitting you in your spirit and you're going, Lord, I'm not good enough for this. I haven't got my life right yet. But when it talks about sowing with tears, it's talking about tears of repentance. It's talking about tears of going, Lord, I am so not good enough, but you are good and your grace is sufficient and you love me and you've forgiven me and your son died for me so that I can be freed from Babylon so I can be freed from this and I will sow in tears and I will reap with songs of joy it says those who go out weeping carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them it's talking about harvest this morning you might be hurting let it flow let it flow Let the tears flow for every tear that flows. It's a seed planted that will reap a harvest of joy. That will reap 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold in your life. Do you believe it? Can you receive it? Can you be good soil this morning? Thank you, Father. So I just want to open it up now just for a time of ministry. But before I do that, the key to all of this is what Christ did on the cross. The unlocking key to all of this that we're talking about, this sowing and this reaping, this blessed life, this life of favor, this freedom is wrapped up in what Christ did on the cross. So it would be amiss of me not to give you an opportunity this morning if you have not received that forgiveness from the Lord, if you have not received the newness of life, the new creation, if you don't know much about it, There are people here who would love to walk with you, would love to teach you, would love to show you all these mysteries. There's more than I can preach about in 30 minutes. God is so good. So I would love to just give you that opportunity right now in this moment to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It says in the word that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is as easy as that. Walking it out is the journey.